You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Bottom line is that I think the world is being very, very loud on these things. And so I'm more and more convicted that we have to talk about these things inside of the church because everyone else has got opinions over there. So let's really, you know, uh, uh, dive into what God's word is teaching us and shows us how to live and tune our hearts towards that. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and we are continuing our series, God is Love. This week, talking about the love of the world with two friends. We've got Ben Kioski and Jose Abaroa. Thanks for being here. Jose, I love you. The first word, as always, as we unpack continuing the series, as well as just diving in to 1 John 2, talking about love of the world. Yeah, we are going through 1 John chapter, um, chapter at a time, and so we're in chapter two and reading verses 15 through 17 stood out to me. So I focused most of my time talking about the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life and how to categorize those. And um, yeah, I did a lot of word studies on flesh, what that meant and eyes and, and a lot of commentaries to make sure that sex stuff and success was, was in the lanes. And it seems like there is, um, uh, a concert of people that say that that's what that verse is referring to. And really, I, all I had to do was look at just culturally, what are three idols, three things that we uh, are carried away by? And the key here is looking at the desire of those things, not the things in and of themselves, which are good when we use them according to how God wants us to use them. Yeah. Um, but I think it does a great job calling it out, and this chapter does. And so that's what we talked about on Sunday. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, so we're going to jump into the three in just a second. But first, kind of in the intro and summing up even what you talked about last week, Jose, just this concept that uh, last week you talked about God is light and just even you use the analogy of a flashlight, like looking into ourselves and uh, diving into God's word because it is perfect and there is no darkness in God and it is truth. And so using that to examine us. And then this week you used uh, tuning, tuning, Fork tuning, what's it called? A uh, piano tuning wrench. Piano tuning wrench. That's what it was. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> tuning fork was like a few months ago. But yeah. uh, this concept that uh, we're constantly being refined and trying to tune ourselves to God. So I want to kind of start off there first and just talk about kind of both of y'all get your takes on this. We've talked about this before, the idea that fear is increasing and compassion is decreasing and that for us to see revival, it starts from within. And so for us to kind of start with this topic of just kind of being refined to God's word, why is that important? Because we're, we're going to dive into these three topics and the culture has plenty to say about all three of these. So what is so, so significant? And then even just personally, how do you keep just before, again, before we get into specifics, but just in a general, how do you keep kind of focus on God's word and tuning yourself to that versus being tuned by the world. That's good. Um, I think starting with the the the, the increase of fear and the, and the decrease of compassion. Yeah. Um, you know, we we like to put it on you know on memes, or we like to you know make ourselves feel good by saying perfect love cast out all fear God's perfect love but that's scriptural and when that meets when when that rubber meets the road what that really means is that fear is pulling us away from the reality of, of the fullness and the truth of God's love and as we continue to dive into fear regardless of what 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 basis you're choosing to to, to participate in fear around 
then uh, your compassion is going to decrease because love is going to be sucked out. It'll be drained out as that, as that, uh, as the fear just siphons it out of our soul yeah. and out of our spirit. And um, so that's where we start. And the importance of sticking to scripture when it comes to God's love, what it means and the three S's that we're about to talk about. I mean, if there, if, if you don't use that standard, there is no standard and without a standard, anything goes. Yeah. And it just becomes about how I feel and what I think and how I feel and what I think are very oftentimes not what the Bible says. And uh, contrary to what is popular trend in some spiritual circles and in Christian circles now, um, the Bible is the standard. The Bible is, as Jose said, God's word is perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, if if we don't stick with that, then we have no standard at, at all. Um, so to me, that's the, that's the importance. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we, yes, last week we looked at God as light, that he cast out all the darkness inside of us. And I totally agree, Ben, with the fact that we can talk about feelings and we can talk about thoughts. And the yeah. bottom line is that the Bible loves talking about those things Absolutely. and God's truth. They're not, it's not an either or, it's a both and. And I love how First John is tackling it. So even the fact that these three are, are brought in together, I thought was cool. It took some of the pressure off knowing that I didn't have time to dive deep into one, even though we can have a series on each of the three um, and, and talk about how they're not good for us when we follow the ways of the world. But the bottom line is that I think the world is being very, very loud on these things. And so I'm more and more convicted that we have to talk about these things inside of the church because everyone else has got opinions over there. So let's really, you know, uh, uh, dive into what God's word is teaching us and shows us how to live and tune our hearts towards that. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so let's jump into the uh, verses 15 through 17 of First John 2, where again, we're talking about these three S's, sex, stuff, and success. And um, yeah, first question right away, as far as we'll talk about sex and just, I wrote down some notes here about instant gratification. Uh, I love just even with all three of these, how uh, Jose, you dug into the deeper root and the fear behind the three of these, because even if you've been in church for a little bit, you know, okay, right. like sex outside of marriage, <laughs> bad. Uh, lots of stuff equals bad. And, you know, wrongly defined success is wrong. So like we can try the best we can to prevent ourselves from falling into these, but without even addressing the root, that's something that I think of encounter retreats is a big thing that it's not just like behavioral modification and just like, okay, don't stop being bad. You know, it's like instead digging down to the root of of why we are led to do certain things. And in my, in my experience, it helps even just, beyond just the simple like do's and don'ts, but even just helping me discern kind of best decisions. So when it comes to sex here, kind of the fear, Jose, that you kind of called out here was just the fear of being alone, the fear of being unwanted. Um, I think that was just so good as far as tracing down all of these things. So one practical kind of, as we talk practical here on the Conversations podcast is what does it look like just even both in your walks uh, as far as when you have these fears of being alone, being isolated, and just how... Uh, any sort of sexual desire or temptation can kind of be a, a, a shortcut or a cop-out to kind of temporarily meet those fears. And then what would it look like for us to truly give that? Just We'll take each piece at a time. So this piece in particular, just what does it look like for y'all to uh, just remind yourselves? We know that God loves us and that God wants a relationship with us, but how do you remind yourself of that? And then how have you seen that help you stay pure as you seek to follow God's will and be constantly tuned to him? 
I think when it comes to um, the 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 sexual aspect of it and, and sexual desire and things like that, it, what is uh, super important to remember is your starting point from yesterday, Jose, which is that sex is good. Uh, it was created by God. You know, it wasn't Rihanna's idea, you know, or whatever. Good. You know, glad to hear that today. It's... Um, it's a it's it's a good thing and it's a gift, right? right. Mm-hmm. In the same way that our relational nature that fulfills the other parts of our need for love removes our aloneness. Mm-hmm. Like in being with God and having his Holy Spirit living in us, that removes our aloneness. And then our our physical and spiritual connections with one another relationally removes our aloneness. And that goes back to the original part in the God in the garden where God said it's not good for man to be alone. And, and that, that need to have relationship is a very, very, very good thing. And then enter, enter in the enemy who wants to distort and destroy everything. And so that manipulation that we get with the images that we're always barraged with in culture, and as well as our own desire that drives us away to be enticed, the enemy is just out there. He doesn't have to plant sexual desire in us. He's right, just right. dangling the carrot of yeah. perverting that sexual desire. And, and he's ready to pounce whenever we, whenever that desire comes up, he wants us to believe that it's unfettered and that there isn't a purpose in it. But the purpose is in fact, to remove our aloneness. It is in fact a gift to us. And when we see that thing as a gift, something to be nurtured and something to be to be taken seriously and appreciated, then we would want to protect that. And that's the healthy way to to view our sexuality because we don't want to be in in um, we want we don't want to anything in our life that's a gift to us, any part of our personality or our personhood. We don't want to be just ravaged by un, un, unfettered um, 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 and wanton. Just uh, I don't know what word to use. Um, uh, un- uncontrolled uh, behavior, debauchery, really is yeah. the word that the Bible uses. You know, we we wouldn't want any part of ourselves to be ravaged by that. And so, why do we think that being completely unfettered and having a debaucherous uh, process when it comes to sexuality. Why do we think that would be good for us in any way? Mm-hmm. And that's the deception that the enemy says that this this sexual thing is only about the feeling. It's only about that gratification, but it's not. It's a gift to us. I said that about good. fifteen times that's now, good. but anyway, that's the that's my idea, at least a starting point to think about it. Yeah. I think that's really good, Ben. And also in the garden, it is. He says it's not good for man to be alone, and. Right after that is when Eve takes matters into her own hands and chooses to take of the tree and eat yeah. uh, and and be deceived. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> sexual sin, but it was uh, rebellion from God. And um, I do think that's how that deception works in our lives is we think that God's withholding from yeah. us. We don't yeah. think that marriage is the best. And I want to call you out, Taylor, because Ben and I are married guys, but you have a distinct an awesome perspective on this. Singleness is God's idea too. Right. <laughs> Marriage is yeah. God's idea and singleness is God's idea. Paul was single. Jesus was single. They both said, it's better to be single than to be married. We don't talk about that enough. So how does this work for you? Yeah, no, I think both of y'all touched on it. And just, I even thought about it from a relational standpoint that God has given us a desire to be close to him. And so that's where there's constantly things. It can be 
sexual desires or even just relationships and codependency and things that, I mean, and I don't necessarily think that's just a single person's issue. I think that's just in general, just the desire of trying to fill that need in other places. And uh, yeah, Jose, like you mentioned, I think just the original sin that God's holding out on me. So whether he's holding out on me because I'm single or he's holding out on me because, you know, I don't have, I mean, factors into the stuff and success too. It's like that constant, just kind of not having contentment, not, uh, giving it over to God, so to speak. And just really, I think, uh, yeah, I see there actually being a lot more similarities, whether you're married or single in this category than not. So I think that that's kind of a big thing for me. One other thing that I would add to that is that um, the desire, the deception of, of sexual sin, the desire is intrinsically selfish. We want to take for ourselves when God actually, the gift that you're talking about, Ben, it's it's given to us to share it with somebody else. It's actually right. selfless in the context of marriage. Um, and yet our culture loves to say, no, 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 you deserve it. You take it when you right. want it, with who right. you want it, how you want it. All that, all that stuff, and and it it, it teaches us. No, you got to take. This is something that you have to be selfish about. Don't let anybody tell you um, how to do it. Where the Bible's clear from the get go, it was so the two would become one to share something beautiful with uh, one another. Again, a, a way that God's gift is distorted. Mm-hmm. This could be a whole, yeah, this this one sure. topic could be a whole series, book, uh, yeah, yeah. course. Of course yeah. uh, but I do want to just touch on uh, just the fear piece again, going back to this, circling back to the idea of, of just tracing it to fear of being alone, fear of being unwanted. Um, if someone yesterday was sitting there hearing that message and they're like, yeah, that's me. Like everything I'm feeling, everything I'm thinking traces back to just this thought. What would y'all say to someone in that boat? And yes, receive God's love sounds great in church, but like, what does that mean? How do how does that work? How do I do that? I'm feeling lonely and unwanted. God's jealous for you. He's jealous for me too. He wants you. And you're right. It is the church answer, but it's, it's true in our world um, that the creator is pursuing us daily throwing sticks at us saying, hey, remember me? <laughs> and, and I'm right here. You may feel like you're far away from God, but God is right there. And I think the concept and the theme uh, of the jealousy of God is so beautiful. And, and it, it reminds us that he loved us first. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that we can bring to God that that's worth anything. No, it's the fact that he loved us and, and calls us his, even though we do a pretty good job sometimes of pretending to run away. He's always right there. Yeah, he is. He is always right there and he is pursuing us. And yeah, he, he, he loves us and he wants us. And even more so, he has already called each of us just to expound upon that into an, an, an incredible life of, of, um, of joy and giving and all that. And he wants to remove our pain and remove uh, the, the, uh, aloneness and the sin that we've, that we've chosen. He wants to remove that so that we can become authentically who he created us to be. And, um, so yeah, feeling alone is something that I think, um, I mean, you can be alone in a crowd of a thousand people. You can be alone with, with, with a thousand good time friendships, you know, and, um, and, and being, being, being alone is something that we need to understand is okay to feel, but in order to overcome it, I think that the first, one of the first steps, and this has been true for me when I've had to overcome feeling alone is to agree with God. We have to agree with God first. 
which can be the hardest step, in my opinion, to a lot of a lot of healing in our life, mm-hmm. is we have to agree with God and actually believe first that it really is true that He wants us, that He created us specifically as who we are, uh, alive in Him, and that He delights in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, we can start the road with you know tools and friends and reading Scripture and getting whatever counseling we might need in that area. Um, to to get to the point where we're living that abundant and connected life, to get to the point where that's that's the that's the starting point, I think, in a journey to to being secure and understanding um, that our identity is not tied to the approval of someone else, and that singleness is also something that God calls totally. people to, um, as well as you know a married life or whatever the case may be, and so. I don't know. I hope that made sense. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. Both of y'all's great points on that. And again, so much of this carries over into the next part about stuff and just the fear there uh, is that I'm not going to have enough. I feel like there's so much, whether it's, uh, Jose, you mentioned just the idea of keeping up with the status quo, trying to just keep up with keeping with the Joneses, as well as even just, I feel like security falls into that category too, as far as like having enough so that I can feel, you know, secure in what I have. And so kind of a similar question here is, for someone that's like, yeah, I just feel like I have a scare. You know, we talked about this before a few weeks ago, the scarcity versus abundant mindset that everything is just fleeing from me. I just, I can't keep anything. Everything's running away from me. How do you kind of maintain the mentality that this is all God's and that he's going to come through even when it doesn't really look like it is? Ben started worship. Um, worship was awesome yesterday and worship night was incredible too. Um, the song, Thank You, or mm-hmm. well, what's the title of that song? Uh, you and you alone. You and you alone. But it repeats, I want to just thank you, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. And in your prayer there, Lord, we want to be grateful mm-hmm. people. I think that is so simple, but it really is that act when you feel insecure, when you sense that desire increasing. When I sense it, um, I'm thankful for parents that taught me how to be thankful. I mean, they really nailed us with, with gratitude and it, it, it paid off. I'm trying to do the same with my kids because that is a good medicine for the desire that we have in us that is unquenchable for stuff, for more things. The more you're grateful for what you have, I think the less we tend to want to um, want things um, that we don't have. And we actually had a plaque that said that at the front of our house. And so, really? yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to to cure that, recognize what what you do have. And um, yeah, that God is Jehovah Jireh. He is our yeah. provider. He's not going to leave us hanging. Yeah. I think it's super cool that it's kind of naturally in the, the generation that has come after me, the millennials and the whatever you call the other people after Zers, that Zers. the why is this happening crew um but i think it's a, it's it's a super cool thing culturally that they're less enamored with stuff or at least seem to be i mean save the you know thousand dollar phone in everybody's pocket of course right but they seem to be less enamored with stuff their homes are more simple and things like that which is which is kind of a cool thing um that's just an anecdotal thing i wanted to say because i think it's fun but at the same time, I think as long as we we have to hold loosely things, and as you said, Taylor, realizing that all these things are for God and for the use of God, and if we hold loosely things, then things don't become a burden. But when we're when we're grabbing in order to, you know, it's the pride of life. 
and the boasting of what we have and what we do. Um, and everybody knows that, you know, I knows that person or that group of people that like, they're all about their things, whatever those things are, you know, I think about in Wimberley, there's two types of, uh, riverfront property owners. You know, there's, there's the ones who are, have the pride of life and get off my lawn. You know, there's the people that understand that, you know, Hey, what's mine is yours. You know, the, the, the river is there for you to enter into, you know, Wimberley's a great example because you can't get in the river anywhere. Right. Without paying somebody or knowing somebody. Um, but I mean, you know, and I personally benefited from a father who taught me that things were unimportant, uh, both practically and, and spiritually. And, uh, and I just want to say that having things, you know, to kind of flip the side of the coin, being able to acquire things and have things and however... God blesses you in that. I just want to encourage people, if you're listening, that to be a, a cheerful and hilariously irrational giver. Let people have your things. If somebody needs your truck, let them borrow your truck. If somebody needs your tool, let them borrow your tool. Yeah, they're going to break it. They're going to break it. But so what? I mean, and this is not something that I've made up. The Bible says if your friend comes to you and asks you for money, give it to them freely without finding fault. Oh, well, we can, sometimes we can get to give freely, but we can't get to the without finding fault part, right. you know? And that means, hey, we're not trying to, don't heap heavy burdens on people and don't be an idiot about your things. I mean, man. Yeah. And so if you need anything and I don't have it, <laughs> uh, let me know and I'll buy one and you can use it. This is true. He's done this before and I've seen it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so. Now check with Scarlett first. <laughs> Smart, idea. Smart idea. She's, yeah. she's, a, she's a good steward. Very good steward. Oh, man. Okay, so lastly here, we have success. And again, here, the, the fear unpacking this one is just that we wouldn't be significant. And so, again, just not, you know, not enough. God's plan isn't enough for me. I need more success. I need to be more significant in order to be valued and worth. And so, for someone that's hearing that and going, yep, no, that is actually the one that I'm I'm feeling. How how what does it look like to receive God's love and uh and just to walk in light and love in, in light of that? I love that we follow a savior that lived this out perfectly by giving up his life for us. So this isn't something that he's asking us to do without first modeling it. Yeah. Not only did he model it, but it is the way to Jesus, accepting what he did for us on the cross, thanking him for the resurrection. I mean, that gives us hope. It also shows us how to live. So a me first mentality says, no, Ben, you're not going to matter uh, as much as my agenda for today. But a Jesus uh, way is to say, yep, I got important things to do, but Ben needs me today, or I'm going to go out of my way to consider Ben above myself. And uh, that's what's going to change the world that type of love. It's not going to be the love that, well, Ben, you got to do this in order for me to give you that, you know, that that's, that's transactional. And that's the, that's the cosmos. That's the world that this, that's the way that this world works. Same thing with the stuff, the more stuff you have, the, 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 the better you are says the world. Um, but Jesus is teaching us a new way, a new way to live. So I think really looking at how Jesus modeled um, living this way is the key for us to, have, you know, what we need to not live a me first life. I, I think success is very closely tied to the stuff mentality. You know, I think success is a gift. And, you know, I've had several discussions over the years with church people, pastors and stuff like that, talking about 
money and like salaries and like other jobs that we do, like other occupations that we have. And a lot of it's super healthy um, discussions, but sometimes it, it, it dribbles down to some of the worry that we have, you know, that would, that, like you said, that there's not going to be enough, mm-hmm. but it's important for us to remember this, in my opinion, is that the paycheck that the guy down the street gets, that's seven figures. It comes from the same place that my paycheck of four figures comes from. You know what I mean? Like it, it comes from the same spot. It comes from the provider. It comes from God. And when we understand that all things come from God and any, any perceived success that we think that we've earned on our own can, can dash away in a, in a heartbeat. And, um, and that's, I think that's a big challenge within our culture. We think that we've created our own success because we've mm-hmm. leveraged a gift that God has given us, <laughs> a talent or an understanding that he may have implanted in us. Mm-hmm. We think, um, you know, that we have somehow come up with that, but that's something that he put in us. And so that flips success over into a purposeful joining with God. And if we are successful and for our culture, success most commonly looks like uh, you know, uh, comes with financial blessing as well, just because that's how our society works. That's how capitalism is, right? So if if you have that success, if we have that success, it's a tool. And you know, I I have other business things that I do other than 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 doing worship pastor here, and you know, uh, my pursuit of those things is so that I can seed into the gospel being spread. And I say that with as much humility as as I can express in saying that about myself. And there's plenty of others. It's not just me, obviously. Uh, That would be sad. (laughs) That would be a very weak effort. (laughs) But I think that's, I think God has, has, this is sort of a 30,000 foot view. God has put the the success that we have within our culture on us for the purpose of spreading the gospel. And so I, I want to be a person, and I would hope that, that we would be people who would siphon that wealth and siphon that success um, out of the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of darkness, and seed it all in to the kingdom of God um, so that people could... Uh, so that people could get closer uh, to knowing God and come to know Jesus, people that didn't and people that don't have things in other places or right down the street so that they can have the, the, the things that they need. Uh, So let's do that. Yeah. Blessed to be a blessing is what I think encapsulates that. And we have a wonderful opportunity at Cypress Creek church to bless the world in so many, many different ways. Um, and so thanks, Ben, for for sharing that. Yeah, I think just to close out, uh, Jose, I'd love to hear just, again, with all three of these, these are not bad in nature, and yet none of these will satisfy us. We've been talking about that uh, just throughout the, the, the episode here. And so, Jose, I'd love to give you the final word as we close out on this week and then just even looking ahead. Yeah, I would close with the question, what are... What am I desiring? What are you desiring? And if there's any of these three that 
struck a chord with you, I would dig deeper, maybe have some conversations with someone in your community group or um, someone that you know that loves Jesus that will help you point uh, back to Jesus so that we can fill up our tanks. I loved these verses in Colossians 3. It doesn't say lay aside your desires. Uh, Paul says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And I think that's how seriously we need to take this. We need to put to death these things that are that are not of God so that God can redeem those things in our lives and show us its beauty and intention according to his word and his purposes, which again, is to love. Show the world agape love. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.